Today's episode is sponsored by GradeCam. At the end of the show, I'm going to share with you how GradeCam can make it easier for your teachers to get grades, record grades, and share grades with other educators. But for now, let's get on with the show. BAM Radio Network. Vocabulary was sort of the stepchild. You know, we had so many other things to do, and we still do. Now that we see the importance of vocabulary, then we know that we need to work on it. Welcome to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio, where you'll hear engaging conversations between ASCD emerging leaders, leading authors, experts, and practitioners on the topics that matter to today's educators and impact the success of every child. I'm your host, Rachel George, and I'm joined on Skype by Marilee Springer, author of the new book, 101 Strategies to Make Academic Vocabulary Stick. Marilee, it's so great to have you on the show. So welcome. So I was very excited when your book came out. I've just been really, really itching to get into it. And one of the first things that popped out at me was the whole notion of word poverty. So could you explain a little bit about what word poverty is and the importance behind it? Basically, word poverty just covers the fact that so many students are coming to school with such limited vocabularies. And the reasons vary tremendously from a lack of literacy in the home, not being read to, lower level conversations, just experiences that vary from, you know, very limited cultural experiences to lots of experiences. The way I look at it is it's a huge problem. Some believe that the vocabulary gap is responsible for the achievement gap, and it's starting to look more and more like that as we look at the research. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so many times kids come to school and we have emotional problems. You know, we have lots of different things that we're expected to fix, and vocabulary is something we really can work on and make a difference with. No, and that's so true. So how do you, how do you do that? Because sometimes you fight the conversation or it's a difficult one. Do you teach it implicitly or explicitly? And and how do you go about trying to address it? Well, if we look at the research, basically students learn around 3,000, maybe up to 5,000 words a year. And of course, those are not taught through direct instruction. Those are words that they pick up through being read to, listening to those Mm -hmm. higher level conversations, having academic vocabulary spoken in the classroom. So we're asked as educators to explicitly teach around 300 words per year. So when you look at the child who is going to learn three to 4,000 words per year, 300 doesn't seem like a whole lot. However, we have students who come to us with such low vocabularies that they're only going to learn maybe 700 to 1,000 words in a year. So teaching Uh. those 300 words explicitly is a huge leap for them. Not all schools do 300. Some schools do 100 to 150. I've worked with a lot of schools and they know their limits. Is there a limit? Well, Just curious, there, is there? <laughs> you know, teachers are experts in their classrooms. And when some of the research and some of it's um, from uh, Shawl and some's from Marzano, that kids can learn eight to 10 words per week. And yes, that's possible. However, we know that we have some students who will be lucky if they learn five words per week. And when I say learn, talking about introduction and maybe a little bit of rehearsal, and it takes uh-huh. a good month 
of those rehearsals and reviews for students to really get the words into long-term memory. So we know the possibilities are sort of, in some cases, endless and in some cases, limited. Mm -hmm. But teachers know their students and they know what to do. Oh, that's great. So you mentioned memory. And in your book, you talk about a couple different stages, which was new information for me, especially thinking about vocabulary. And the first one centered around encoding. So could you help explain the first stage in building long-term memory and how encoding plays a role in that? Absolutely. Encoding is basically what happens when we introduce a word or introduce content in general. And Uh encoding in and of itself is a little bit weak. We don't want to build strong networks in the brain right away because some kids pick up misconceptions along the way. So the encoding stages Mm -hmm. produce the word We have them pronounce it. We'll talk about a definition and come up with a kid-friendly definition. But we won't go into rehearsing the words until we know for sure that the kids are ready to do that, that they understand the word enough that we can start rehearsing and getting the information into long-term memory. Okay. So then you've, you've mentioned rehearsing. Could you expand on that for me and help me understand what that is and the role it plays? Storage is what the, the basic uh, memory stage is called. Storage is when we take information that is, again, somewhat weak from the encoding stage, and we start building that network up through lots of rehearsals. And depending on what research you read, we're told that with a brand new word, a brand new concept, students need between 24 and 28 engagements with a word, which would be rehearsals, before they Ah. in long-term memory. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So this is the biggest chunk of the stages of memory. Once we get it into long-term memory, then we have to go to the next stage, which is, of course, retrieving it, being able to get it out of long-term memory, manipulate it a little. I was just wondering about that. Yeah. So help me understand that part. What are some strategies and techniques for doing that? Well, that's when we start doing reviews and a lot of formative assessment along the way. So we're not really taking grades at this point. We're seeing if the kids have really stored it. And the only way to assess that is to see if they can recall it in lots of different ways. And then Once we know that they can do that and they can put it back in, then we really have a long-term memory, a strong memory. So were there some instructional strategies that I could use in my classroom while I'm trying to really work on developing that storage and retrieval process? Um, Absolutely. You know, as I said, with uh, many of our students, pronunciation in and of itself is a giant step, especially if we have uh, students who are struggling for various reasons, who are ELL students. So we want to make sure that they can really pronounce those words so that once they hear it again or see it in print, they'll know what they're seeing because they're really shy about words that they're not sure about. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And some of the research tells us that, especially when we're talking about kids who come from poverty, that if they can't draw a picture of some sort, depicting what the word means, then they really don't know it. So we need to get that visual in their heads. We want to wait a pretty long time before we get to putting the word in a sentence, which used to always be, I believe, step three. Um, Even in my teaching, right? I would say, okay, here are the words, write the word, look up the definition, and then put it in a sentence. I sort of assigned vocabulary instead of teaching it. 
vocabulary was sort of the stepchild. You know, we had so many other things to do and we still do. Now that we see the importance of vocabulary, then we know that we need to work on it. And my approach to this is if you have 10 minutes a day or 10 minutes every other day, you can teach vocabulary and you can teach it well. I love the fact you said that because I get questions like that. When am I going to get this done in the day? There's so much to do, but we know vocabulary is so important. Oh, I'm so thankful that you're able to offer that advice of just 10 minutes a day. It's like brushing your teeth, right? You just need to make that routine. Is it fair to say that these strategies are good for all kids or do you have some strategies that are like you know rock star ones for for some of our at-risk kids the 101 strategies that are in the book and and I have more than 101 but that's just the way it works out with me Mm -hmm. there are some that are particularly starred and proven to work with ELL students or work with high-risk students but for the most part all strategies are for all kids They may take some tweaking. Um, A chart comes with the book and it has a list of the strategies and the grade levels. These strategies work and they're fun because they're brain compatible. So thinking our our gold star question, it's our last one. Uh, You have so many amazing vocabulary strategies that it's really hard to just, and if a teacher were to aim to earn a gold star for effectively teaching vocabulary to struggling learners, what are some strategies that the teacher would use? I love the idea of a vocabulary bag, which is simply, can be a gift bag, a brown paper bag, it doesn't matter. But a bag that the kids or the teacher decorates in some way, or it just says, Mrs. Springer's seventh grade vocabulary bag. Okay, simple like that. And every time a new word is introduced, one of the students writes the word on a piece of paper and throws it in the bag. And we want that paper to be a a tag board or something so that we get to a point where we can pick up that bag and we can shake it and the kids can hear how many words they're learning. And the bag is neat because the kids see the bag fill up. And here, part of the 10-minute strategy is you've got a minute or two before lunch or before music, whatever, and you reach into the bag and you pull out a word or you have a student pull out a a word and you you talk about that word. Who can give me a synonym for this word? Really quick. The second is I'm I'm a strong believer in a vocabulary notebook, which I have now come to call a vocabulary scrapbook. Like three ring binders, although you can do it with a composition book, But what I like about the binder idea is that any medium that you choose to use and from paper plates to vocabulary paint chips, whatever, you can punch a hole in it and you can put it in the notebook and the words are put in an alphabetical order and every, anything that has to do with that word can be put in, you know, with whatever journal page you might use, any piece of paper, anything that has been written on, colored on, drawn on can be put in that notebook. And when the student hears the word used in another content area, in another setting, he or she can go into their notebook and add the new information to it. Those are awesome. And those are like low prep, but very powerful and also not intimidating for folks. Um, I'm taking a copious amount of notes and am very excited to share with people because these are fabulous ideas. So Thank you again for listening to this episode of ASED Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. Learn more about Marilee's work, including her vocabulary books, 101 Strategies to Make Academic Vocabulary Stick, and Teaching the Critical Vocabulary of the Common Core.
55 words that make or break student understanding. And you can find those at www. .ascd.org. Well, as you know, good formative assessment enables educators to understand what students know and where they need help so teachers can adapt instruction accordingly. GradeCam is an app that allows teachers to save time by automating the grading process. With GradeCam, teachers use their smartphones to take pictures of student quizzes, and then GradeCam does all of the grading. Because GradeCam can quickly collect and assess student learning in the moment, teachers can adjust their lessons in real time. GradeCam also works with laptops, desktops, tablets, and any device that has a camera connected to Wi-Fi. GradeCam can also quickly transfer all of the scores into the gradebook. If you visit GradeCam right now, you can request a risk-free 60-day pilot for your school or school district. Just click the Easy Grading button on your screen to go there now. Or if you're listening by podcast, go by www.gradecam.com slash ASCD. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to ASCD Learn, Teach, Lead Radio. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.